These rituals need not be slavishly imitated. On the contrary, the student should do nothing the object of which he does not understand. Also, if he have any capacity whatever, he will find his own crude rituals more effective than the highly polished ones of other people. Alistair Crowley It really says it all. In those terms, you know, imitation is not always the highest form of flattery, especially when it comes to the occult and its rituals wherewithin. Occultists and witchcraft practitioners always preach about individualism and following your own path. Furthermore, the occult practices and preaches using what you have and developing your own rituals. No matter rich or poor, your words, sacred geometry, and occult symbolism align and define your path, your enlightenment peak. Sometimes your spur of the moment, or for lack of better words, crude mystic rituals can gain you the highest of esoteric enlightenment. One high-ranking spiritualist, a man of great power and means, a historical figure who used his own arcane terms and homespun occult talismans to summon those from beyond for his own personal and political gain. Ladies and gentlemen, the Crypt Keeper is of course speaking about Canada's 10th Prime Minister, also its longest serving Prime Minister, the spiritualist politician, Mackenzie King. During my research, I came across Mackenzie King's daily notes to himself, his diary. I've always explained in the past podcast that Mackenzie King kept a very thorough diary from 1893 to 1950. So from age 19 all the way to his death at age 76, King kept a detailed description of his daily life, political strife, and mystic activities. On the Canadian federal government online archive, there's a secondary online archive of King's Microfish Diary, and it is fascinating and creepy. I had many late research nights reading through the Mystic Archive. It has a great search engine where all you have to do, should you be so inclined, is to search for specific words or names and the, on the Canadian Archive and the Canadian Archive webpage shows you all the entries with your searched words. So during my esoteric research, I would search for words like occult, seance, or ghosts, etc. And hundreds of pages will appear with the most fascinating private and arcane entries. From just randomly picking entries, I was presented with the most interesting writing. This could have gone on forever. There was so much fascinating material. 
not only occult stuff, I would invite everyone in the crypt to peruse through the online diary. What I, as the crypt keeper, found interesting is that the online archive has dates that are missed. King wrote every day, so it should all be chronological, but it isn't. No doubt, after his death, when the feds got a hold of his diary, they withheld certain entries. It is rumored that the missing archives are stored away deep in the parliamentary archive, never to see the light of day due to the otherworldly and extreme dark occult preachings and testimony within. So when I was going through the pages upon pages upon pages of detailed archives of Mackenzie King's private diary, I, it worked out perfectly, but I picked out seven private and mystic entries that I thought to be interesting. Number one, the subconscious self and its powers and influences to believe in the reality of good and evil is the beginning of wisdom. Mackenzie King, Friday, March 25th, 1921. So here you, you, could, you could attest that Mackenzie King acknowledged his subconscious and opened himself to its otherworldly influence. Good and evil, that equals balance. You can't have one without the other. As the esoterics say, as is above, as is below. Again, it's, it's all balance. You know what, you know, and what I, I know that Mackenzie King, you know, he did his own personal thing when it came to his occult uh, activities and he had his own personal talismans. Maybe he had a Baphomet, you know, the Baphomet being the purest symbolism of occult balance. Number two, I read through the whole of Parsifal before going to sleep. It was like seeing into the spiritual world world of good and evil forces which control our actions through our emotions. I was wakened about 6 a.m. with feelings akin to those experienced in Ottawa. Though an occasion of distress, it was a source of mental relief as I was able to assure myself they rose from within myself and were not directly attributable to power possessed by one which is not possessed by another. I know Mrs. would exert no occult influence, was able therefore to feel that what I have been experiencing is largely due to my own thought and subconscious life. Still, I was the worst for feelings, though as the day, as they work out into expression to frequently and plague me. Mackenzie King, Saturday, March 26, 1921. Day after the first quote. And for the second quote, it kind of continues on from his first sayings. It alludes to his mystical reading. Now, Parsifal, the book that he uh, mentioned that he was reading, Parsifal, it's a German opera by Wagner, which tells the tale of a knight searching for the Holy Grail and is purported to have a lot of Stella Sapiente, which is Latin for wisdom of the stars. Again, his subconscious is plaguing him. A lot of dark emotions there. Number three. 
Tonight, I dreamt of two lamps on a table, shedding a bright glow and connected by wires to an invisible world. It seemed to me this was a symbolic vision of two powers guiding me in my work, God and the loved ones, or two of the latter, Grandfather and Sir Wilfrid Laurier. It was a magnificent vision. Mackenzie King, Tuesday, October 4th, 1932. So in this particular one, it's a, it's a dream sequence. And the dream significance of lit lamps is an idea. Two lit lamps, conflicting ideas. So representing himself as the invisible world with both lamp wires leading to him. So he he's having conflicting ideas being attached to him. It's his own thoughts, his, his own personal attributes that he's wrestling with during this dream. He also referenced God and loved ones, AKA knowledge in occult circles. Grandfather versus Sir Wilfred Laurier, two of his heroes. He appears undecided on which path to take. It's a common, that's a common question when performing tarot reading. The two lamps, it could be attributed to the two of cups, which is a popular tarot reading. Number four. Last night and this morning, I had a strange occult experiences related to Julia Grant. I must ascertain later whether they had foundation only in my own imagination or as I believe they were part of an invisible reality related to forces that are at work in the world and part of nature's law. In any event, they were quite amazing. Mackenzie King, Wednesday, October 19th, 1932. So this alludes to something that happened to the past, you know, something that, that Mackenzie King seanced, that he seanced and connected with Julia Grant, former first lady and wife of ex-president of the USA, Ulysses Grant, both known spiritualists. Deemed it an, he deemed it an invisible reality. He's seeing what others cannot see. And he's acknowledging spiritual forces of nature's law. Now, Wicca is nature's law, of which Mackenzie King was an enlightened practitioner, a witch. Deemed his experience as amazing. Man, he's, he's deep into mysticism. Number five. Last night, I seemed to be completely overcome by some influence from without, which completely possessed me within, made it impossible to rest or sleep. I am certain it was an occult influence, not more subjective force, but some kind of mental telepathy or communication. This is the strangest phenomenon. All the struggle against temptation, battling alone. I know I should feel badly all day, as I have. I had a vision, which was another warning, I am sure. Mackenzie King, Sunday, December 5th, 1937. So in this particular entry, you could see that Mackenzie King has become restless and uneasy about an occult influence that plagued him. He's completely possessed. He's become an insomniac as a result of the esoteric experience. He discussed his spiritual communication of telepathy. It's very, and he, he labeled it a very strange phenomenon. I could sense a struggle between good and evil. 
and he had a vision and it turned out to be another warning, an esoteric challenge. Number six, it was 10.30 a.m. when I went downstairs. Almost immediately thereafter, we had another seance in the small darkened room on account of which I had given elsewhere. It was most remarkable. I went at once to my room after and wrote out all I could recall, and then came luncheon. When we had coffee, we came again to the darkened room for another seance. It was too most remarkable. I lost no time in writing out what I heard and concluded, the writing at four, when there was just time to say goodbye. Mackenzie King, Monday, February 22nd, 1932. Now this is a good example of the quickness that Mackenzie King would command a seance. He's very quick to summon the spiritual world. And he wrote about two seances in the hours between brunch and afternoon coffee. And this guy gets a lot done. And he wrote down the otherworldly information he received immediately. But I am, the, I am glad to see that he closed off his seance by properly saying goodbye. Because, you know, if one does not close a spirit door, one open during your Ouija or seance, or, or, or seance session, the door remains open for any spirit to walk through, be it of good tidings or malignant. So be careful, Crypt. Number seven. Joan gave me an account she clipped from the citizen of today of a ghost seen at Kingsmere by one of the Blairs who had the little house I now have for a tool house. A headless ghost. It was singular that yesterday a woman was hanged in Sorel and her head came off. I heard of this only in the House of Commons today when Guthrie made reference to it. The headless feature attracted my attention. Mackenzie King. Sunday, March 31st, 1935. Whoa, okay. So Joan refers to Joan Patterson, a married woman of whom Mackenzie King cited as his best friend. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. No doubt friend with benefits as Mackenzie King. He never married. Now, Joan was a seance and Ouija partner as well. Now she showed she she showed she actually might have introduced him to all this occult activity and she shared his taste of the grimoire she had him fascinated by a ghost sighting at kingsmere after a hanging went even more diabolically and severed the criminal woman's head mackenzie king said the headless feature fascinated him no doubt it did because soon thereafter he purchased his summer residence his yellow cottage located in, you guessed it, Kingsmere, Quebec, exactly where the headless ghost was spotted. Paranormal activity is off the charts at Mackenzie King residence in Chelsea, village of Kingsmere. The hauntings persist throughout Kingsmere's yellow halls. Haunted walks are popular, and several specters are known to roam the house and surrounding property. That haunted residence is also nicknamed Kingsmere. Just a bit more about Mackenzie King's choice of color for his precious Kingsmere, yellow. Always an odd choice. In past podcasts, I speculated in regards to his fondness of the King in Yellow by Robert W. Chambers and the madness and depravity it brings. 
But occult-wise, the color yellow supports magic related to communication, travel, astral projection, gaining forbidden knowledge, increasing mystic understanding, harmony, spirit communication, protection, telepathy, faith, constancy, mental clarity, and optimism. All aspects mentioned are the occult practice of Mackenzie King. With his Kingsmere estate being yellow, his esoteric witchcraft would be strengthened and his mystical grasp on the arcane will be increased. Mackenzie King knew exactly what he was doing when he chose yellow as a spirit color for Kingsmere. His occult practices, seances, and Ouija sessions must have been through the spirit realm mind-blowing. Kingsmere, as a yellow beacon, provided the occult energy to practice his Kabbalah. At that time, Mackenzie King was labeled by his detractors as Weird Willie. King communed with spirits using seances and mediums. Some speculate that he sought personal reassurance from the spirit world. King was such an avid seance practitioner that after his death, one of his mediums said she did not realize he was a politician. It was said at his funeral, all his spiritualist experiences, his other superstitions, and his multi-paranoid reactions imprinted on his consciousness, shaping his thoughts and feelings in a thousand different ways. Now, politicians aren't usually at the top of the list of people we consider likely to be spiritually sensitive. But although apparently uninteresting on the surface, Mackenzie King was a festering occultist with a lust for mysticism. He was obsessed with the paranormal phenomenon of contacting spirits. Much of his supernatural activity was conducted in King's home, a mansion left to him by the widow of his political mentor, the former prime minister, Wilfred Laurier. King named the place Laurier, Laurier House, and it was there that he communicated with spirits beyond the veil. King made his own table-sized Ouija-slash-seance board, referred to as the Little Table. Using the Little Table, he communicated daily with the other side, and took his mystic conjuring skills to Parliament and his aforementioned Kingsmere Estate. Judging from his sessions in making other dimensional contact, it is no doubt that he enjoyed being in the presence of the dead at least as much as being in the company of the living. King's esoteric legacy of spiritualism has lived on at Kingsmere as well as in Laurier House, which is now a public museum. During my research, I learned that Mackenzie King's third floor study has been kept intact, including a veritable shrine that King arranged as a tribute to his dead mother. King frequently contacted his dead mother during his seances. King always left the lamp nearest the shrine to his mother turned on. To be historically accurate, during the daytime, when there are no visitors, that same lamp is still left turned on. At night, when the security staff locks up, they turn it off. But keeping the lamp turned off can be a problem. Guards have commented that when they turn off the lamp, and go back downstairs, they often hear a click coming from the study. When they return, immediately, 
only to find the lamp burning brightly. The guard will turn the lamp off again, and sometimes it turns right back on, right in front of their eyes. It's amazing. They turn the light off, only to have it turn right back on. Neighbors in surrounding homes have reported that there was a light shining through the third floor study window when Lurie House was closed, locked, and empty. Some people have felt paranormal presences so strongly that they have refused to work in Laurier House. They've said that even though they've known that they were alone, they felt that there was someone there with them, and that feeling was so eerily strong enough to make them choose to stay away. Although some spiritual sightings have happened at Parliament, King's Kingsmere Estate has proved to be a haunting coven. Not only did King encourage ghosts to visit there when he was alive, but since his death, William Lyon Mackenzie King's own spirit has been seen haunting the Kingsmere Estate on numerous occasions. So concludes the paranormal Prime Minister. What an interesting man Mackenzie King was. There has been no other mystic in Parliament since King was Prime Minister. I doubt there will ever be a Prime Minister like him again, unless the Crypt Keeper gets into politics. Do I have your vote, loyal Crypt? Vote Crypt Keeper! <laughs> Big thanks to our supernatural sponsor, A Squared Hairstyles. Contact the Crypt Keeper for A Squared contact information. My email in the Crypt is mofinley24 at gmail.com. And major huge thanks to my producer, Wolfman Jackson. Dude, you're the best. Thanks for listening, and possibly your vote. And as always, stay suburban, stay mystified. <laughs> <laughs>